previously on The Forge. Uh, my name is Maddie, and I'm playing a female human cleric named Karis. Um, but basically, Arctheer and Oberon was transporting a VIP um, to be buried. You guys don't know who it is. Um, the Cardinals didn't bother to tell you. They want, they want you guys to go find Arctheer and Oberon, or at least find his trail. You find yourself bodiless in a tube next to two other tubes, one filled with a soul, the other still empty. You watch as this blue, white, wispy liquid is pulled from the anima conduit and into this giant glass sphere where it is rapidly manipulated and then in a blinding flash, this woman. As a little recap of what happened to Karis, um, in the end of Hello Adventurers, the first chapter, she was the only one to be recovered from the um, soul charged. She was brought back. Her armor was missing. So she was brought back completely naked, covered and ushered away, ushered out. I'm not really sure how you would describe what happened to her next. It has been about a month. What do you think Karis has been doing during that time? Um, She's probably trying to figure out what has happened because did we go over how long that she was in that tube or her soul was in that tube because she was trying to figure out yeah we we kind of determined that you had been recovered i think it was a month later if i recall correctly okay so like a month after that we had first been taken after we first like got smashed by big old things yeah um first of all she wants clothes. Oh, yeah. No, the, the order totally provides you with like a basic set of armor. You guys are adventurers. And um, even though Grand Cathedral might not take responsibility for what happened, the High Cleric of a- of, uh, of Aetherhold does really... He, he's, a, he's a good guy. So he provides you with some armor since your armor was taken. She probably spent a lot of time at the Cathedral in Aetherhold trying to figure out what happened, gaining some information from what the Uh, high cleric there knows and like where her friends are and stuff like that because i know they took her away for questioning but she has her own questions and i guess i'm curious about like she knows what happened to her but does she know if anybody else knows the the high cleric knows very similar to the amount that you know um he knows that you guys went missing um he knows a, a pretty decent idea of when you guys went missing because atticus's uh sister was pestering him about it but he doesn't really have much information than that he does allow you to access the undercity and you visit that a few times but don't gain any more information than you already had um it looks like the order has kind of cleared out everything that janice had in that laboratory but you do learn that that there is a man named Janice and his assistant named Keats, um, who is a gnome, and they were the ones that were responsible for the laboratory and connecting that information. You're pretty sure that Keats is the gnome that um, kidnapped your souls. And we, because we know who Janice is, because he was part of our party. So I think honestly, she's just been this like past month. She's probably been trying to plan out 
like hearing information about like where Rayla went and Nariel went and she doesn't know Benji, but I fear, like hearing about where they went and stuff and probably trying to gather, gather information of like maybe where Keats would be next because you said that this is about revenge and she is the sole survivor. So I figure like, I mean, if you think that she's out for revenge then by all means, if you think you're going to do something else then do something else, I think it depends on what situation I'm put in. But right now, like she needs answers. And I think that she's trying to plot her next move so she can either cross paths with Keats or Janice or whoever, like something that'll lead her to answers about where Atticus is and because she doesn't know what happened to Atticus yet, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And, but she knows what happens to Raven, I, th- I believe. So I think she's maybe planning on trying to find out if she can get answers, but also maybe cross paths with the people that caused her all of this distraught. She definitely knows that Raven is dead, like dead, dead. Thurgo and Nyx and Rayla and Nariel all told you um, what happened to Raven and that he he's almost certainly dead. At least that's what they all believe. And then you guys know that Atticus was not brought back and instead a dwarf was. And then during some of your your time investigating um, and connecting with the party that saved you, Nariel does share with you Janice's journal. And as you kind of read it with her, you identify that Keats is being charged with the task of finding the soul rest. So then I guess I, I guess that would make me want to figure out if I could go to like the library or something and figure out if there's any books about soul rest and where it maybe could be if that's like a thing that I'm I think that's like step number one. Okay. Um, after you've kind of exhausted all your resources in Aetherhold, you return to Grand Cathedral. The High Cleric sends some other clerics to escort you to make sure that you're safe since you don't want to be a lone adventurer um, traveling through the wilds, basically. You charge up a new phylactery in Grand Cathedral since your first one was essentially kidnapped. And then searching through the library to find the soul rest, you only find it in the old religion section. It's believed to be a location where all souls go when their body passes. It's but it's not like it's not like a different it's not like heaven or hell. It's on the same plane of existence, but not. There's like this weird theory about it that it's connected but accessible not really here on the same realm. It, it's, it is as confusing as I just described it. Almost like a purgatory, but something that's accessible, but like kind of in another dimension almost is what Absolutely. that kind of sounds like to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any like indication of where I would maybe think that that would be like? Basically, the clues that you have right now are that Arcatherian Arboron was kidnapped on his way to the Cave of Echoes, which is where the bodies of the dead, once they have chosen to die and not resurrect, are buried. Um, That is also near the location that you guys were taken. That's kind of all the all the information that you have, really. Nobody else is able to give you much more because... They don't know if it's real or not. Yeah, it's it's definitely believed to be a myth. Really quick, one other thing that you do know is that only the Archetherion can access this Cave of Echoes. How? You you don't really know exactly what that means. Um, okay. But it is, it is written in there that the Cave of Echoes is only accessible by the Aetherian. But I know the general area of where that's Oh, you at. know where it is. You know, everybody okay. knows where it is. It's just, it can't be accessed. So, like, the cave can't be opened 
without the Ethereum present. Holy shit. Okay. I would say with that information, maybe I just start heading that way because it seems like that's the biggest indicator where I should head out. All right. If it's somewhere along there because nobody knows if it's real or not. But since fucking Keats is looking for it, I feel like I would start there. Okay. Ensuring that your phylactery is safe and everything is all set up. You you have the gear that you need. Um, you get your armor kind of custom made back to what you were wearing originally. There was some fighting with Duke. He doesn't really feel like the order is responsible for replacing that gear. But after some deliberation, you guys decide that the order will cover it and you have your armor back. And then you head south past Grooverlim um, over to the town of Bygarden, which is southeast of Grooverlim. You're actually in Bygarden when you see the column of smoke of Grooverlim's eruption. And it is so thick, this like cloud of ash and smoke, that a shadow is cast on the town of Bygarden as the sun passes the mountain. You can establish a phylactery in Bygarden if you want. There is a church there. Um, I'd say maybe just to be safe, yeah. Okay. And then following the road, the main road, you eventually come across the carriage that housed Arcathir and Arboron when he was originally kidnapped. And you guys actually came across this carriage in, in the prologue when you were originally looking for him. If you want, you may roll a survival check here. I will I will do that, yeah. Because we're getting like deep down into like those woodsy areas that we were at, weren't we? Yes. I got an 11. 11, nice. You are able to see that someone has actually made camp next to this carriage less than a week ago. What? The grass is just beginning to rise from being slept on, and there's a fire pit that is just now beginning to be overgrown with those creeping vines. Mmm, okay. With that roll, you also see that there is a small trail, not like one that is used frequently, um, but one where somebody like trudged through the wilderness and trudged through all this long grass and these bushes and trees. Um, and you, you see that it goes off the main road heading west. I follow it. It's not like a short walk to the Cave of Echoes. Um, it's probably another two or three days. But mm -hmm. you can see the mountains that the cave is built into. Well, not built into, but where the cave exists in the distance. As you camp, you notice at night that there's more than just stars. There's actually these glowing wisps that are heading southwest, and it looks like they're all originating from Grooverlim. Aww. But it looks like they are moving toward the Cave of Echoes. Oh, my heart. You end up coming to the base of the cave. It's in this little valley, uh, or at least like you're walking through this little valley next to the Bergmall Canyon, which is where the cave mouth exists. Um, mm -hmm. And you can see as you're approaching, it's, it's about noon right now, a couple days of traveling. You see that there's a number of small little boulders that are, or like small stones that are pockmarked around this little hill just before the mouth of the cave. Um, I don't know if you want to roll a history check, but you can if you desire. Yeah, I would like to. Do they like say stuff on them? Uh, it doesn't look like it. They're really smooth. They're like really smooth stones. Oh, okay. I got a 15. You know exactly what these small stones are. They 
are the grave markers of some of the graves of the first arrivals of Coil. Um, back before phylacteries and when times were still apocalyptic. You do see, knowing that these are graves, that there are a number of them that are... They look sunken, but you can tell that based on the rim uh, surrounding this grave, that something crawled out of the hole. Could I roll like an Etheria check to see if there is like etheric presences here or like there was? By all means. I got 13 on that one. There is a very strong ethereal presence here. You look up to the mouth of the cave and you are expecting to see this large boulder that blocks the mouth of the cave, but it is completely thrown aside. It's been thrown next to another large boulder with the script that reads um, the echoes they left behind carved into it. And this, this smaller boulder is dug deeply into the earth. The boulder that covered the mouth of the cave is completely cracked, like cracked in half next to that smaller boulder with the with that script scrawled across it. Oh, the mouth of the cave is where you f- you can identify the ethereal presence. I am not happy. I am that is that pisses me off because not only was I messed with, but my friends are dead. Or one is dead, for most of all that I know. But now somebody is trying to fuck with the already dead or something like that. Um, I am, oh, ooh, mmm. I am not happy. You see that there's these, uh, these two poles in the mouth of the cave that kind of hold up the, the mountain, basically, to kind of act as a support. But it's kind of hard to see beyond the mouth. And these fuckers left this shit wide open. This place is going to be haunted as hell. Let's go in. As you walk through the mouth of the cave, passing by these two poles, you initially feel some resistance, and then you push through and are flooded with this sense of drowning. You feel like you're swimming through cold, thick water, and then you come out the other side, blinded and deafened. As you regain your sense of smell, you can smell the thick, earthy aroma um, that mixes with decay and death but still that like you know the mossy scent of freshly turned earth you feel the heat and humidity of this cave and as you regain your sight and regain your hearing you hear just the like distant drip of water and you see that you are in this magnificently glowing cave walkway It's all natural, but there are all these different coffins and tombs scattered around. And among them are these little glowing mushrooms that flood this tunnel with dim blues, purples, and greens. And as you stand up from that strange sensation that you've never felt before, you see a wisp pass by completely harmlessly and just head deeper into the cave. Almost as if it's like showing me the way even though it's not with the survival check that you made a couple days ago you are able to still identify the the path that that person who had camped out over by the carriage took and it has gone into the cave and started 
heading deeper. I head deeper into the cave. Am I feeling like uneasy here or that these glowing mushrooms make me feel easy because these are like the souls that have been rested here almost or? That's kind of up to you. You don't really, there's Mm -hmm. not like this pressure of dread that's pushing down on you that's palpable, but it's kind of up to you how you think Karis feels right now. I think she, I think she would feel like, I think if she was here not following a trail, I think she would feel like at ease and stuff because she wasn't like, she's not messing with this place. It seems like this is like, this is the cave of echoes this is where people go once their life has passed and it holds a lot of memories and ancestry. So I feel like she would feel at ease, but right now she's not. She travels along this fairly straight path, passing by more of these mushrooms and more of these caskets. As you pass by, some of them you notice that there is a wisp hovering over certain caskets, um, and there are not wisps hovering over others. It's just a strange detail that you've noticed. Hmm. Do I notice a pattern in the way that these wisps are? Like, is it like every other, or is it just, does it seem random to me? It, It looks pretty dang random. Okay. Traveling deeper and deeper, you finally exit this tunnel to enter what might be the mountain itself, but it has been almost hollowed out into an enormous cavern full of giant mushrooms that glow, illuminating the ceiling and walls alike. You see some smaller mushrooms that kind of light this little footpath. They seem to wind down this cliffside and head toward the center of this cavern. And it all seems like it's almost sinking into the center here. Will will you roll a quick perception check? 11. You notice that there's some movement around the cavern. The first thing you catch is the glowing ethereal like misting cast off by what you immediately identify as a wisp wraith. It seems to be patrolling the footpath a little bit. And then underneath one of the larger mushrooms that illuminates a large portion of this cavern, there's a like corpse that kind of shambles around a little bit. A couple of times it actually bumps into the stalk of the mushroom and just kind of bounces off and then bumps back into it and then bounces off and bumps back into (laughs) it. Kind of when you're walking into a wall in some of the early Pokemon games. And then he wanders around some more and then comes back to it. He comes back to the mushroom. Yep, and just bumps into it over and over again. And then wanders away and then bumps into it again. You could roll a religion check, actually, if you have it. I might, actually. I probably do, since I'm a cleric. Let me check. Because I wouldn't be concerned about it unless, like, if it was every other mushroom, but it's this specific mushroom. Seven. Here's what you know. That corpse... It's a Draugr, and it was believed, you learned this from the book of myths that you read in the library, it was believed that Draugrs were controlled by the goddess Morrigan. Wait, how many big mushrooms are in this cave? Um, There's like four. Uh, They do illuminate a good section, but you can see that down in the center, there's no mushrooms that help guide a footpath, and the mushrooms that are around the giant cavern 
do not illuminate down there at all. Is this mushroom that he's bumping into, is it brighter than the rest of them right now? No, it's 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 just a mushroom. Are they, so is that Draugr and like the Wraith of Wisps, are they like crossing paths at all? Or is there like a way that I could dodge the Wisp and like kind of head towards that Draugr slash the mushroom without encountering both at the same time? Oh, sure thing. You could roll a perception check. Or sorry, not a perception check, a stealth check. I'm in a stealth check. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Uh, nine. The Wisperwraith got a seven perception. So you are able to kind of sit there for a minute and see the patrolling path that this Wisperwraith is taking and sneak around it. Um, as you're sneaking around the around the one Wisperwraith, another one actually comes out from behind a few rocks and caskets and you you dodge out of the way and it doesn't see you, but as it passes by, you hear whispers. These whispers seem to be addressing you specifically. Karis. You are supposed to keep us alive. What gives you the right to live when we all died? And as the Wraith moves along, those whispers end. Do you have insight? I do. And I get a plus one on it because I'm human. Thanks. I hate that, by the way. <laughs> That's two sixes. Wow. I know. I'm, you didn't ro- need to roll much. I, well, I probably figured, but also now I'm probably going to like roll shit if I fight something. <laughs> yeah, I got like a 17. Okay, then I'm going to need you to roll an endurance check as well in just a second. But you absolutely, without without any doubt, know that, that those are the whispers of both Raven and Atticus. It was not just one voice. It was definitely two. Ooh my i am i i i'm not good right now (laughs) that's why you need to roll an endurance that's fair that's very fair because i thought that atticus is alive but yeah okay i'll roll that endurance check 13 and i yeah that beats your build definitely because your build can only be at 10 you only lose one sanity in that case then holy shit okay um i'm i'm uneasy right now um just yeah just a little bit but it could be it could be worse but that answers one of my questions, so I think that fuels anger and curiosity even more. You make it to the Draugr, you are like hiding behind a rock as this thing bumps into the mushroom again before wandering off in another direction. What are you thinking about doing here? Is this mushroom by like a casket or is it just like just like this big old mushroom? Um, there are a couple coffins around the mushroom. It, it kind of feels like the coffins have been placed haphazardly. And you do also notice that there is another wisp hovering over one of the coffins around here. Um, and you've noticed a few more of them walking down the footpath too, but it doesn't seem like there's a pattern to it. Can I roll like, hmm, would it be like a nature check on this mushroom or like an etheria check to see if there's any presence that's perhaps pulling this draugr close to it or? You can you can roll a nature check on the mushroom. Um, eight. It's, it's a giant glow shroom. It definitely was um, enhanced ethereally. You actually, looking at this mushroom, kind of realize that it's dimmer than some of the other smaller mushrooms that surround it. Like whatever had powered it is gone. Go ahead and roll another perception check while we're at it. I got a nine on that one. A nine? Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just cool. Okay. Just cool. Great. I don't like the sounds of that. Um, I think 
I'm just gonna let it be. I'm not- I'm gonna try my best to just, like, evade the Draugr and stuff like that because I think this is- something's not right here. I think I have, like, a con- not, like, a connection to the gods, but I feel like there's something there that, like, especially, like, it being tied to Morgan and I'm already in the Cave of Echoes and I just realized that Atticus is actually dead. I just don't want to meddle with this Draugr or this mushroom thing, so- I want to just keep going down the path into, like, the winding path down into the mountain. You you evade any other Wisprath patrols. Um, along the way down, you do spot a couple more Draugrs. They are also kind of just wandering around aimlessly. They bump into walls. One specifically trips over a casket. It actually was a casket with a, ri- a wisp hovering over it. You can see that it, it knocks over the lid a little bit, and then it gets back up and wanders around aimlessly some more. I'm going over to that casket. What are you going to do with that casket? Well, I guess I'm, you said there was a wisp in it, so did hit it knocking over the lid of that casket, did it disturb the wisp? No, it. Uh, the wisp kind of just went through it. Oh, okay. Um... I guess I just kind of wanted to see if I could see what's on the inside, or since, like, that wisp wraith, like, I heard whispers from that, like, I don't know if any of these wisps are carrying the same, you know? Yeah, you walk over, and you don't hear any whispers from this wraith. It it seems to not notice you at all, actually. And you kind of gotta nudge the lid of this casket off a little bit more so you can peek inside, but... When you do look inside, there's nothing there. It is a completely empty coffin. Does does that mean that the coffins with no wisps over them have bodies in them? There are a few more that you can check. Okay, I'm kind of curious now. Uh, I want to go over to a coffin that doesn't have a wisp over it. You push that open. As you do a a body, you, you, you see inside that there is a body there. And as that coffin is opened, something shifts behind you. Oh no! <laughs> one of the one of the droggers, and and you do spot it in time. But one of the droggers that have been wandering around aimlessly suddenly turns to you, and it starts moving toward you. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's really a shame you only rolled a seven on this. <laughs> oh no! What do you mean? There's just, there's a lot of lore with Draugrs that is um, real life lore as well. It's kind of cool. And that's why this happened. But anyway, so this, this Draugr is very intent on you. Before it was wandering around aimlessly, it was just, it was just existing with no purpose. And now its purpose is you and it's after you. Go ahead and roll initiative. All right. You got it. I got a nine. The Draugr got a seven. So you get to go first. Does he seem like he's moving faster now that I've, like, alerted him? Like, since he has, like, a dead set, like, his attention's on me. Um, yeah. He Before he was moving at probably half his movement speed, just kind of literally sauntering. And then now he has a purpose and is moving at his full movement speed toward you. Okay. Um, I'm gonna cast Life Ray. Go ahead and and roll that. I can't remember if they're undead. I'm pretty sure they're undead. <laughs> These are all fours. Oh my god. <laughs> I forgot how high level these characters were. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like at least like you said that you might have made this a little bit more, more challenging for a cleric, but at least like I'm relatively high level. Um 
I got 15. 15 against Will, you definitely hit. Okay, cool, cool. It's eight damage. Eight damage, eight life damage to this dude. I don't have, oh, here's my calculator. My convenient calculator. My convenient later. Of course I knew what the fuck that was. All right. It takes 16 damage. It continues to move towards you, and then out of nowhere, somewhere above you, two bolts end up cascading down onto this jogger, like two crossbow bolts. Um, let's see if they hit. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Um, they definitely hit, and they deal seven piercing damage. Where did these come from? You follow the trajectory of the crossbow bolts and on a little outcropping of a rock, you see this little teeny tiny gnome wielding a repeat crossbow that just fired down on this draugr. I'm just going to do life ray damage. This Just ray damage. This, yeah, it's life ray though, remember? Yeah, 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 I know. This motherfucker. Does this gnome look familiar? Did you say gnome? I did say gnome. Keats is a gnome, right? He is a gnome. That motherfucker. <laughs> Just for more damn it. I'm so pissed off. Did that seem... Did, okay, but weirdly enough, did the, can I identify if he was aiming for the Draugr or did it seem like he was aiming for me or it was aiming for me? Well, he fired two crossbow bolts and they both hit the Draugr. So as far as you know, it looks like he was trying to hit the Draugr. Oh, no. Oh, no. He wants me here. Fuck that. Uh, it's seven damage. Seven damage. Dang, this guy's almost dead. Like I said, I forgot how high level you guys were. Yeah, but also, I'm a cleric with life ray. <laughs> like, Still, it was just like, oh yeah, you just know life ray. And <laughs> I totally, I totally forgot. Well, this guy is going to cast, now that it's his turn, and the other ally has already gone. Ally? Yep. This guy is going to cast death mist Ooh. on you. Um, I don't think it's going to hit. Oh, I rolled a six. Oh, I rolled another six. (laughs) All right, I'm I'm gonna. It's a 12, 19, 23 versus your will. Yeah. All right, and then it deals. uh, That's not as bad as it could have been. 14 death damage. Do you recall how death damage works? Now my actual HP is like that until I'm cured or something, right? Yeah, let me go read it exactly for you. The form now deals death damage, meaning that damage dealt to target's maximum HP. Oh, okay. So it is dealt to your maximum HP. So you do take, um, what did I say? 14? Yeah, 14 death damage, but that affects your maximum HP until you take an eight hour rest. Okay. Fuck. Okay. Um, And then... The rudeness of this, the Draugr walks into the Death Mist, getting closer to you. No! And it regains 8 HP. It is the top of the order, um, which means that you can go, or you can allow your other ally to go. I'm just gonna go. Since you said, well, I was thinking about if I could purify this Death Mist. Hmm, that's right. Let me see. Let's see. That's interesting. Purify, the caster touches an afflicted target. They cure whatever ailments may be affecting them, um, whether it's corruption, poison, or disease. Um, the affliction may require a specific aspect to be purified or to be applied to purify for this form to be effective. I would say that you could probably touch yourself and cure that death damage, or not cure it, but allow you to regain HP normally again. But it, I, I don't think you're going to be able to just get rid of the death mist. Yeah. Unless I put life mist over it, because I do have mist. I, yep. Actually, let's do that. I'll cast life mist. Is this thing... Um... Uh, 
Is it close enough that I can cast it on me? Yeah, it's like a meter away from you. Okay. I will cast that. 12? Uh, yeah, that hits its will. And then go ahead and roll for the amount that you heal slash deal damage. I'm going to up it one, um, one die. It does nice. not hurt me. Um, that's two sixes. Nice. That's another six. I'm just... I, I shit you not, this is three sixes in front of me. That's right. I, I rolled a number of sixes while I was hitting you with Death Mist. I believe okay, you. Okay, cool, cool. 25. All right, you do not regain any health because it was death damage, but you do deal 50 damage to this guy. So, he dies because you basically wiped out all of his HP, like his max HP, with this one cast. So... <laughs> Neato. Um, you fill this thing with life and it falls over dead. Totally makes sense. Yeah, I think that's... Oh, you gain 800 XP. That's what I was going to say. The gnome that assisted you now that he has revealed himself goes ahead and slides down this outcropping, landing a couple meters away from you. And he looks up at you and you can see that he definitely recognizes you. You motherfucker. <laughs> Me, motherfucker, or did you just say that to this guy? You, motherfucker. But also, he's a motherfucker. I just, I, I'm like, I'm pissed off. But also, like, he could have shot me. So, like, I mean, like, but I don't have any sympathy because, like, this dude took my soul. Like, I am, and, like, my both of my, like, best friends are dead. So, like, mo this motherfucker, first of all, ooh, I'm mad. I just say, why? I, like, look at him like with the most like death glare eyes that you can ever have. And I just say, why? It seemed like the right thing to do at the time. Your friends weren't supposed to die, though. Why did you help me kill that thing, though, as well? There's he kind of looks around after he says that and you kind of feel a distant rumbling in the earth. There's something down here. Something that isn't supposed to be here, and I can't fight it alone. I'm going to need your help, and you're going to need my help if we're going to get out of here alive. Why should I trust you after what you and Janice did? How do I know that this is not a trap again? Because I, tr I trusted him, and all I got in return was the death of my two best friends. Uh, you, you can't trust me. If I had wanted you dead, I would have, I wouldn't have helped you. Karis, I, I know we have our differences and they run deeper than this cave. But right now we, we have more concerning matters. This thing down here, if we don't deal with it, not only are we not getting out of here alive, but the rest of Coil will be in danger. What the fuck? <laughs> is there like something that I can see, like a check that I can do to see if he's bluffing or not? That would be an insight check. Yes. Can I roll insight? Absolutely. Okay. Because I do not. I mean, first of all, that's fair that he said that I shouldn't trust him. But this motherfucker, like as far as I'm concerned, this motherfucker could be trying to awaken this thing for fucking Janice. God. Mm, Paul. But also, I'm like a little sympathetic right now. So. I got an 11. You can tell he's hiding something, but everything that he said, he means. So this is what I'm going to do. I, I draw my longsword and I point it at him and I say, 
just this once. I don't trust you, and you're hiding something. But if this is for Janice, then it's both of your heads if we make it out of here alive. Um, roll an intimidate check. Eight. I'll make you a deal, Karis. If we beat this thing, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> I'm rolling inside again. Okay. A 17. He means it, but he also doesn't think that you're going to beat this thing. Hmm. Like, I'll he doesn't say... think that both of you are going to be able to beat it. That's fair. Without somebody else or something. Okay. I say, you got a deal. And then I put away my longsword. All right. He he keeps his crossbow repeater out because he's not going to mess around with the other things that are down here. No, that's fair. I mean, I put my longsword away because I have, like... Yeah, yeah. I have Ray and Bolt and stuff like that. He begins walking a little more calmly down toward the center of this cavern, toward, like, where there's the sunken bit, toward the darkness. Um, and he says, I assume you know about Morgan then, since you're here. Do I know about Morgan? Uh, you know that she controls Draugr's and that she was a god of old, but she's a myth. Okay, That's what he I was referencing. Okay. Well... Yeah, as most should, I say. She is sorry. She was one of the instrumental parts in keeping Coil safe. She was real, but now she's dead. One of our agents saw it with his own eyes. That motherfucker. Mm. And if she stays dead, Coil does not stand a chance. We'll all die. And this thing down here... It's trying to keep her from coming back. How can you kill a god? You can't kill a god. Gods are pure aether. They are what powers us all. They are what created where we live. They are what created this. And he motions around the Cave of Echoes. But what you can do is suppress aether. And if you can find the point in which a god exists, you can suppress them to the point where they cannot come back. And that's what we fear. And as he says that, a distant rumbling, not so distant, shifts the earth some more, and it's it's loud this time. You guys are just reaching the end of the lit footpath. You're now entering the darker areas of the cavern. Do you happen to have light or anything? Yep, I do have light. Because it is dark now. Okay, I will... Um, hmm... Something small, maybe, to light? Is there, like, a rock or something? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, like, maybe, like, a medium-sized rock or, you know, something that I can easily get rid of. I'll pick up and, like... You illuminate the area and um, you see all these different stalagmites poking up out of the ground. Go ahead and roll another perception check, this time with advantage. 24? With advantage? Yeah. With advantage? Yep. You got 20? 24. 24. Holy shit. Do you know what I rolled for this stealth check? What? That is a 10, 15, 21, 20 fucking three. <laughs> yes. It was that advantage, dude. Yes. That is amazing. All right. You pick up this rock and cast light on it, illuminating the area within, I think it's a 10 meter radius is what we determined. And... Immediately, among the darkness, you see one of the stalagmites move. 
it just lifts into the air and then another one moves and then another one comes crashing down nearby and you well i guess what do you do it doesn't it's like it looks like it's they're coming closer to you so the stalagmite crashes down toward you and then another one comes down and then the one before lifts up it's almost as if something is walking toward you like walking in front of me towards me or Um, it's on the edge of the 10 meter radius of the light so it is it is getting there i'm gonna back up okay um does keats say anything uh yeah no keats is freaking out and he's he's writing his crossbow but he's like all you guys see are these little stalagmites crashing down you back up and then these stalagmites get within five meters of you and the light on the rock goes out Necroforge was created by Paul and Brittany Swenson, and they are joined in playtesting by Maddie Eby and Dylan Krischer. The Forge is edited by Brittany Swenson, with music by Darren Curtis. If you like the show, subscribe on iTunes, Anchor, or whatever your preferred podcatcher is so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, please rate and review us, it really helps. Have a question? Comment? Want to host your own Necroforge campaign? Email us at necroforge at gmail.com or message us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And remember... None of this is possible without your continued listenership. So thank you, and we'll see you next time.